The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them along the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, what do you wish? She answered him, command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, you do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, we can. He replied, my chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it had been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Beginning today, the readings for Mass begin to shift focus. For the first two weeks of Lent, we hear almost exclusively about repentance and conversion and changing your way of life. And not that that's all over, but from now on, you hear less about that and what we're supposed to do And you hear more about Christ and what he has already done, his suffering, his passion, his death, leading up to a crescendo on Good Friday. And to that end, if you keep your ears open, you're going to hear, in your first reading, a number of prefigurements of the suffering and death of Christ. You hear the story of Joseph. You remember Joseph in his coat of many colors. Joseph betrayed by his brothers for a fistful of silver, just like Jesus. You hear the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, perfectly innocent, condemned to death, just like Jesus. You hear the story of Susanna, perfectly innocent woman, railroaded through a kangaroo court, just like Jesus. Or today, you hear the story of the prophet Jeremiah, most Christ-like figure in the Old Testament, faithful to the last, never saw the results of his good work. And why do we hear these things? Why do we hear these things? Because at the heart of the spiritual life is a paradox. And we simply must learn to master this paradox. And the paradox goes like this. We would expect 
God to conquer the powers of evil with a decisive blow. Crush it beneath his foot. You know, the same way you'd do if you could be God. If you could be God, I'm certain that all the suffering and all the illnesses and all the wars would all be finished all before 12 noon, right? That's what we'd do. But God doesn't. He conquers evil all right, but he does it in a way that by all human measurements looks like a defeat. He conquers it on the cross, and he invites us to join him there. You hear the story here in the Gospel of the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John. She approaches Jesus and says, Hey, rising star, let me hitch my wagon to you. Command that these two sons of mine sit at your right and at your left. And Jesus says, Oh, lady, you don't know what you're asking, do you? And she doesn't. Do you know the only time in the Bible in which anybody is ever depicted at being at Jesus' right and at his left? It was the two thieves on Good Friday. You sure you want to be at Jesus' right and at his left? You better take up your cross. Don't know what you're asking for, Mrs. Zebedee. Don't know what you're asking for. To carry that cross, though, and not just to endure it. Anybody can do that. Not just to, certainly not to complain about it, not just to grit your teeth and clench your fist and endure like a stoic until the end, but to choose a cross, to embrace a cross, to pray through it in faith and in love. This is the hardest lesson to learn, but it's absolutely essential. Every natural fiber in our being wants to run away from the sufferings and everything that has to do with it we got to learn to rise above what's natural. we got to rise up to what's supernatural. Or we will never know Christ and we will never know love. Because consider this. Jesus was at all times perfectly sovereign. He could do whatever he wanted. If he wanted to be seated on a golden throne in a mighty palace in Rome, he could have done it with a blink of an eye, right? Snap of the fingers. But he didn't. He chose a cross. Why did he choose a cross? Because when love meets with evil, love suffers. It will not compromise itself. He chose a cross because he's a God of love. And in this world, that is what love looks like. And if you want to know him, and if you want to know love, Honestly, if you want to know anything more than just selfishness and mediocrity, we have to learn to choose it. Enduring it isn't enough. Padre Pio once said, if you knew the value of a cross, you'd be fighting one another to steal them. So valuable are they. And you know there's only one way to embrace your cross. Only one way. And that is to remember who's there. Jesus says to James and John, can you drink the cup of suffering that I will drink from? Now notice, he doesn't say, can you drink the cup of suffering? Can you endure to the bitter end? Can you drink it to its bitter dregs? No, can you drink the cross that I will drink from? Only way to embrace the cross. Uh, What what is it? Um, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My favorite line from that psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. 
Why am I not afraid? Because you're with me, that's why. Not because there is no shadow, not because there is no valley, not because there is no death, not because you're going to snatch me out of it because that's what you do to your best buddies. No, I'm not afraid because you're with me. I'm convinced that most of the spiritual life comes down to remembering the presence of Christ, and that's especially true in times of suffering. So Lent takes a turn. Let's turn with it. To carry a cross, remember the presence of Christ. The Lord is with you, and that's always enough.